Okay, so I realize this is a this is like a, a long time ago, and like not a good movie. But uh, have you guys seen the movie Four Brothers with Mark Wahlberg? No, I haven't. No. I know what you're talking about, though. Okay, so I watched it like a little while ago, and uh, it's not very good, but it does uh, have one scene in it that is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my entire life. So um, without like getting into it too much, like uh, the, the four brothers in question are like these four foster, like former foster kids that like had no hope of ever being adopted. Cause they were so like, they were all like, you know, miscreants and criminals and et cetera, oh, et cetera. And then I might've seen this movie. Okay. Yeah. It was like, it came out like 17 years ago or something. It's, it's old now. Um, it was like a, a perfect like mid aughts uh, movie or whatever. And so anyways, um, and then they're, uh, they're that's like foster departed, right? Uh, what do you mean? Like that's, that's just hit. Was that, this is departed era, right? Where yeah, he probably yeah, just wanted to be like, it's like around the same time. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and so these, uh, they're, they're foster mom or whatever that they just say is their mom and they just like say that they're brothers even though they're not related um she gets killed and it's like you know not clear like why necessarily exactly and it's just like a revenge movie about them getting revenge on the the people or person or whoever okay. that that killed her and so uh spoilers Munich. uh yes yes exactly <laughs> um uh, it actually takes place in michigan that's the funny thing anytime what? mark Wahlberg. Uh, and it, there's no reason why it has to take place in Michigan, but uh, anytime Mark Wahlberg is in a movie where he's not, it's not Boston. I'm always like, what the fuck? Like he was in that movie father stew where, uh, he plays like a, a guy who becomes a priest, but he's, he's from Montana, but like, he can't really like, he can't hide the accent at all. So he's just like, I'm father Stuart long. I'm from Helena, Montana. <laughs> um, and anyway, so, um, it's the end of the movie. Spoilers for the movie Four Brothers, a movie nobody gives a shit about and that came out almost 20 years ago. Um, the end of the movie, they go to meet the bad guy. And um, uh, basically, so Mark Wahlberg is a former uh, like junior hockey star, question mark, but definitely former junior hockey enforcer slash guy who fought everyone all the time. Okay. And... Sure. Uh, Andre 3000, who is the, uh, other, like it's, uh, I think he's like the other famous person. That's one of the brothers mm -hmm. is, um, a union organizer, right? Right on. So, uh, they get to the big fight with the bad guy and, um, they're, they're, uh, basically he, he gets there and he has 400 grand with him and he thinks he's, uh, and it's set up like he's going to be paying off this guy to just leave them alone. And, uh, and then the, uh, the bad guy turns it around on him and he's like, actually this $400,000, I'm just going to steal from you and kill you basically or mm -hmm. whatever. And then, um, and then Jeremiah says, actually, instead of giving you the 400 grand, we decided we would give it to all the mistreated workers behind you. And then <laughs> Through the skill of union organizing, he convinces all of the bad guys' henchmen to turn on him. And then Mark Wahlberg beats the shit out of him 
uh, using skills that is heavily implied he learned while playing junior hockey. <laughs> and so through the through the combined skills of hockey fighting and union organizing, uh, they save the day. Um, um, oh, that was a way better payoff than I expected. And uh, yeah. And, and when he tries to turn to um, his uh, he like the bad guy tries to turn to his henchman who I can't remember who he's played by, but it's like a semi-famous actor. Uh, the guy says to him, like he's trying to like plead with him, and the guy says to him, uh, "No, bitch. The one thing you forgot about me is this: I was in the union for a long time. I ain't ever missed no meetings." <laughs> uh, so it's not a good movie, but it has one amazing scene in it, and uh, yeah, I thought you guys would enjoy that. That, that is that is That's... fantastic. Uh, Amazing theory, this movie exists. Yes. Yeah, my theory on why he does these movies outside of Boston is because every other American market, <laughs> the people probably just hate Boston and people from That's Boston. That's true. You're right. So, like, he can't just double down on that city or else nobody's going to come watch the movie. Oh, see, because I thought it was uh, that this was before he was big enough to force all of his movies to be in Boston. That was that I had that on my head too. Like, you know, he has to like it was two years before the departed, I think. He has to like pay his dues before he's allowed to do a movie in his hometown. Yeah, you have to you have to do be in a bunch of normal movies before you're allowed to just do whatever you want. Yeah, you're supposed to take on a few shitty contracts before you get your your big one, you know? You're uh you earned it. What's the best Mark Wahlberg movie? Is it Boogie Nights? I've never seen Boogie Nights. Oh, you gotta see it. It's great. I know it's a big one. Uh I want to say The Departed because The Departed is actually good, even though I know we do make yeah. fun of it. It rocks. No, I love The Departed. Yeah, I think I think that's just odds on easy favorite. You can't argue against that. The Happening is a very funny Mark Wahlberg Oh, man, movie. I have to see that. I've never seen it. Because he to. has to be scared the whole time, and it's just, it's not him. <laughs> it's very, but it's very good. Uh, Mark yeah. Wahlberg being scared of trees. That's, that's a, that's a <laughs> selling point for me. Yeah, yeah. Um... But so we're watching the Seattle game right now. I'm not yeah. sure making this about the Seattle game, but I noticed that they do the boards like the home broad or like whatever broadcast you're watching. It's your ads on the boards. Yes. I don't like that. I like seeing what the Seattle. I like I like seeing Amazon. I like seeing Starbucks the deranged local chains that can advertise in other markets. Yes. I don't want to oh, see. Yeah. I don't want to see Rogers and like, oh, man, there's, there's the is that how that offer. works? I didn't yeah. even think of that, but like. Oh yeah, yeah. Like so these Cal are Tire isn't from Seattle. So Tire is when... from Vernon, BC. So they show a I different thing depending on which yeah, broadcast. Yeah, Lake Tire. Is it actually? That's yeah. fucked up. The <laughs> Vernon Vipers play in the Cal Tire Arena. Like that's the whole thing. That's hilarious. I did not know. In that. Vernon, if you if you say that you have like some, uh, is that why? Sorry, is that why on the replay company? it said? Alaska Airlines yeah. and Geico yeah. and, and yes. man, what yeah. the fuck? That's I hate this so much. Why is it that everybody it complains? Takes it away. Everybody complains about that. They're like, oh, the sacredness of the jerseys. You can't put ads on the jerseys or whatever. Why does no one talk about the sacredness of the boards? Of the boards, they're part of the game. They are part of the game. It's they're more part of the game than like the fucking helmets in my opinion. I mean they're not, but like I can I can't see an ad on a on a helmet. Craig, you know, Craig McTavish is yeah is on the show. Did very, you guys uh, ever hear about how uh, Randy Carlisle? He ha ah, fuck. I want to get this. I want to get this right here. Just give fuck me a it. second. Who cares? Who cares? Doesn't know he's a toaster. It's actually All it's right. actually uh uh worth getting right because um 
Okay, Randy well, Carlisle you... has a yeah. has an interesting relationship with helmets. So just give me a second. Okay, uh, oh, I know. Uh, I have a, okay, this is a, I have a mean thing I'm going to say. I don't okay. actually subscribe. Is it that he can't fit into them? <laughs> so, I wow. mean, fair. It, uh, it's worth it's worth waiting for this. Yeah, trust me. Really? It's, okay, it's good. All okay, right, yeah. so <laughs> this was, uh, this was while he was coach of the Leafs, apparently, which is shocking. He was asked about um, Joffrey Lupul having concussion problems and uh this is what he said and i assumed this the was palindromian something that, in one i assume <laughs> i assume that this is something he said uh while he was like playing in the nhl no this is a thing he said like less than 10 years ago uh i have a theory on concussions i think the reason there's so much more of them obviously the impact and the size of the equipment and the size of the player but there's another factor everyone wears helmets and under your skull when you have a helmet on there's a heat issue Everyone sweats a lot more. The brain swells. The brain is closer to the skull. Think about it. Does it make sense? Common sense. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I, if, uh, I was, if I was saying I would have added things like making up things like, oh, there's no CTEs in rugby. They don't wear they don't wear helmets. Or like, we didn't have CTEs back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. Show, showing charts of the amount of CTEs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speed, agility, power. I'm a big fan of these things. All of the performance I demand for myself on the ice is here. It handles all of my needs in dynamic fashion. Hi everybody! It's uh, Rax Fever Jackson here. Say hi, yes, guys. Yes, yeah. is here. Elliot's here. Yeah, yeah, we're we're making it. Uh, we're we're doing less and less intros as time goes it's, by. Uh, it's great. Um, I like. Look, it. We yeah. have 120 minutes of content to get through, so we don't. Yeah, have exactly. To yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the only, uh, I guess, the only reasonable place to start here is we are uh, currently, or I am, anyways, currently uh, just a little over halfway through the first period of uh the canucks and kraken game uh yeah i mean you're a slightly behind me and i'm slightly ahead of la the audience Um, is way ahead way ahead you know the outcome of this game if you're listening to us uh from the future but it's uh yeah the evening of october the 27th um and yeah we're we're watching we have the the kraken canucks game in the background like we did last week or you know last episode it's usually a little bit more than a week um, so I guess the only place you can really start, even though there is actually a lot of other stuff to get to is obviously as of today, as of right now, the Canucks are yet to, uh, have a win. Does that make sense? Is that a sentence? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> they're, uh, they're winless. They're winless. Um, yeah, I don't know why I didn't just say that. Uh, I used to write for money uh anyways <laughs> um <laughs> yeah they don't have a win yet uh they've lost seven in a row picked up a couple of uh otls uh for like two points i think yep. uh so they they kind of have a win if you think about it they have the same amount of points as if they had won one game <laughs> this may all be irrelevant because they may 
beat the Kraken tonight. But uh, I think even if uh, they do, them getting their first win is way less of a story and way less uh, worthy of discussion than the fact that they rattled off at least seven losses in a row to start the season. Start a season. You know, on the old skate jerseys, uh, they had that little patch on one side that says two points FG. Do you remember what, do you know what I'm talking about? Of course. Mm, say that again. So, so Elliot knows. Uh, on the on the on like the black skate jersey, for example, like '94 sure. era, they had yeah. this little patch on the shoulder on one of the shoulders that said two points FG, and it was no, to commemorate no, Frank Griffiths, oh, okay. uh, who's yeah. the old owner. Yeah. yeah. And he used to come down to the dressing room before the game and just say something, something, two points. Let's go. Like let's get a win out there tonight. And so they they put that after he died. Word. And if if they lose, like the more they lose, if if the Canucks continue continue to lose, I I'm I'm gonna try to Photoshop that on one of the jerseys because that's how many points we have so far. After they're being they're being haunted by the ghost of Frank Rivers. <laughs> it's been that long since they won a game. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty wild because obviously like once again it kind of is a bummer almost to be doing this in the middle of a game that's happening. But like, uh you know they're up one nothing right now. But if they lose this one. I think you can reasonably start to say that they're probably done. Like, obviously, hockey is a weird sport, and the Canucks played at a 106-point pace over, you know, 50-some-odd games last season. Maybe they can do that again over, you know, 70 games or whatever and and make the playoffs, but... uh if they lose this one, they're going to be eight points behind the Kraken. And Kraken aren't even uh, supposed to be good. So it's, Kraken uh, it's beat quite... Buffalo 5-1 a couple nights ago. That's why I'm convinced they're losing tonight, or the Canucks are losing tonight. Yeah, I they may never yeah. win a game again. I don't know. I mean, I uh, and I kind of hope they they don't because uh, this is uh, this has this been is, beautiful. This, this has, has been just very been, very funny. It's been extremely funny. It's been just. Uh, exactly what so many people deserve. Not Bruce Boudreaux. No, nope. Bruce Boudreaux is the one. Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux, Thatcher Demko, Elias Patterson, and Quinn Hughes are basically the only Innocent. people that don't deserve this. Maybe Bo Horvat. Maybe you can add Bo Horvat to that because he's had a lot of sadness in his life. Um, but yeah. like they can't, they they can't take us as fans. More can't be taken from us. No, so certainly you not. can't you can't be dismayed by this. This is possibly the greatest time to be a fan a- as long as I've ever lived. <laughs> okay, it's, it's the funniest. To... Yeah, it's just the funniest. I've never been like not never been. I've always been pretty devoted to like following Canucks Twitter, but it's so funny seeing everybody lose their minds every day. Yes, like, generally yeah. in the world, but also especially right now mm-hmm. uh, as a fan. Seeing, seeing, seeing what people are saying, like the fact that we've come to the point of the pumpkin patch gate, <laughs> very funny, <laughs> extremely funny. When I and like I'll start off with saying how I went to the game on Saturday, the uh, yes. Buffalo Sabers game, the home opener. I was extremely excited. Like uh, t- I think I only got tickets the night before. Um, I still paid too much for it because I probably could have gotten uh, them for free in in some way, yeah. but. The idea of what, like, I called it ahead. I was like, you did. The idea of going to a home opener where they throw the jerseys on the ice 
It was going to be beautiful. Has that ever happened before? There, it cannot like, have. It cannot it's definitely have ever never happened. happened here before. No, I, I maybe there, happened yeah. in Edmonton or Toronto. I feel like I could see that. That's maybe. true. Maybe Tor- Toronto. Toronto. That's a good point. I, I don't think it was the home opener, though. No, I don't think so either. And I don't think anyone's had the home opener jersey. For- I wouldn't be surprised if it's never happened. Before, Even which, like I mean, all sports, it's also like, hard to have that just because you need to have a long losing streak on a long road trip to start the season. And I mean, like the yeah, can- yeah true. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. The Canucks are uh, the um the masters of like inventing new ways to give up mm-hmm. um because like yeah there's the there's the jersey on the ice at the home opener there's obviously well, the and white, also just, the like, white flag slash white towel yeah uh and then there's uh yeah being the first team to ever give up multi-goal leads in three straight <laughs> games to start a season and lose in all of those games um yeah and then just great. also being on like the losing end of weird historical records Yes. For example, uh, never winning another game because Bruce Boudreaux is going to retire with 599 career wins. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so sad. Like, that's the one thing. I keep saying this because I'm hoping that I can, like, reverse jinx it because, like, that would be so yeah, incredibly shitty it. if that happened. Yeah. Oh, my God. But I would be hard. I'm glad like... that he I'm glad that he's that all isn't like at the end of his at the end of the line of his career or anything. Like, he absolutely. Yeah. He will get another win. But like. They hanging can't over fire your head him like until that. he wins a game <laughs> like they can't do that that's not fair i won't allow them to do it like, i love that we're here <laughs> it's so, it's so good. <laughs> okay so give us give us the full rundown well uh, of your of your game your sure. in-game experience well so, well i i sat i sat in the proletarian section yes in the nosebleeds yeah and Look, Canucks fans are really smart, and they're—I think they're one—they're one of the smartest fan base in the league. Like, uh, I'll, I'll get—I'll explain that more later. Yeah. But we weren't waiting to boo, and like, I—I—I I, I think I was probably not alone, but like in the minority of people who would be happy to watch them be bad, like going into the game in the first place. But everybody in the arena was really pumped to watch the team. Uh, everybody's very excited. Everybody, uh, blew blew the lid like the lid roof lid blew off the roof of the building whatever whatever the cliche is the cliche when whoever it was scored whoever of and so everybody's rooting for the for the team to win and then when it got really bad in the third everybody just came into agreement like this is hilarious i can't believe they've done this and very specifically booing at jt miller whenever he had the puck which was i want to say i I need to uh interject here that uh miller was Miller was a lot better in the last game against Carolina. Obviously yep. he had the two goals too. Um, and I believe, I think he had some kind of infamous like uh, incident in the Edmonton game, but he was also very good in that game. Like he had, um, he's he had streaky. a couple points or whatever. This, this year he's been very streaky. But well, the middle portion of that, like the second game up to basically the Buffalo game. And then he was, like I said, he was better against Carolina. Yeah, is like maybe the worst five game stretch I've ever seen by that caliber of player mm-hmm. in a Vancouver Canucks uniform. Mm-hmm. Like I've never, and I mean, I like okay. Our producer Justin would say that the caliber of player that JT Miller is is somewhere around Andrew Castle's level, <laughs> but uh, I'm going with the you know with the more um, uh, Harold Drukin. 
Yeah. Uh, you oh, know, I was going to say Coal Castles. In, oh, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. No, Coal Castles is obviously, I mean, the reason we lost that game, that first game against Edmonton, is because we didn't have Coal Castles, McDavid's kryptonite. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, as far as Justin, what Justin said there is in terms of like legacy, uh, not necessarily like exactly same skill of player or whatever, but um, just going off there's, of there's like two camps, there's he's he's castles, and then there's the other one where he's Alexander McGillney. Yeah, uh, basically that worked better in my head. Carry the, on. I, I like I understand what you're yeah, I understand what you're saying, but basically like if you assume and you should that like JT Miller is a bona fide top six player, right? Even like yeah. a bona fide top line player. Like uh, since he's been here, he's been like over a point a game basically, or there and around. Um, So like kind of indisputably like a guy who's going to be on one of your top two lines. I've never seen the Sedians suck that bad for five games. Well, healthy. Yeah. Even. Yeah. I guess even, I mean, injured, yeah, yeah. even not healthy. Like, and, and, and maybe unless you're counting like before they were top line players, but like, even still, I never saw Marcus Naslin suck that bad. I never saw uh, Todd Bertuzzi suck that bad. The only like quote unquote top six, like bona fide quote unquote top six player that I think I've ever seen suck that bad over five games in a Canucks uniform is Mark Messier. Um, <laughs> And uh, it's it's wild. Like, I don't know what his numbers are like now, but I know the last time I checked, he was rocking a like sub 25 percent expected goals at even strength. Hmm. And granted, like that's a that can ebb and flow quite a lot over a few games. And uh, like single game expected goals is not really necessarily like the best um, thing to look at. It can be pretty all over the place, but still like we're talking about a sample of like a few games like five or six games or whatever. And yeah, he was like uh, on, you know, on the ice for nine straight goals against like the first nine goals against yeah, against, uh, yeah. for the Canucks. He was on the ice. Some of this is like, he should not be killing penalties. I don't know whose idea that was. That's a bad idea. Let's take a guy who is one of the worst in zone defenders on the team and put him in his own zone where he has to defend um, <laughs> as like his main role. Um, but uh, it, it's just amazing because, like, yeah, he has been really bad. And I'm sure he won't be continue to be that bad. He's already kind of, you know, had one game where he looked a little bit better. But I love this as, like, the way for him to start his contract. Uh, because having JT Miller immediately start to suck after <clears throat> deciding you're going to commit to him for uh, eight more years. And I know that the... the uh, the contract is only seven, but it doesn't kick in until next year. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's not even the first game of his contract, the first season of his contract. Yet. Yeah, and so for me, <clears throat> I, I this feels like the just perfect, most beautiful karmic retribution for like making the incredibly, incredibly stupid decision to sign this guy until the end of time feels like a, a, a just a beautiful karmic retribution for making the regular stupid decision 
to trade an unprotected first round pick when you suck. Um, and, uh, and kind of get, and getting away with it because of how the COVID season worked out and et cetera, et cetera. And, I, I think uh, it, I thought it was very funny that, uh, after one of the games, I can't remember which one, uh, Harmon, Harmon Dial, uh, tweeted out that he was like, Canucks fans don't deserve this. And it was like an hour after I tweeted out like, ha ha ha, you motherfuckers all deserve this. Fuck you. <laughs> Eat shit, losers. Uh, that and do you was think like, there's, oh, wow. there's a lot of beauty in the fact that not only is that, is that going very miserably mm. in a way that's so good for you, is that you also like got a new great job and you have union benefits now. <laughs> like, like, I just, yeah. I just, I just want to, I, I just want to appreciate that. Everything's everything's way. looking great for me, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm uh, I'm as happy as can be. Yeah, yeah, like I predict. You took that payout from Mark Wahlberg, and then <laughs> yeah, I predict that in eight years, Vancouver or the like where we are going to be at the end of this contract. Yeah, Elliot is going to have the biggest arms in town for yeah. a reason that I guess Elliot will. Uh, you know what? It'll come up later. It'll come up <laughs> yeah. later. <clears throat> Jackson is going to be a union boss. Who controls all the city's soup supply? Yes. There's, there's not. You're not going to be able to ever have any soup in Lower Vancouver Island. Uh, it's going to create a really weird version of horseshoe theory, though. Uh huh. Because there'll be two options. <laughs> Sorry, uh, this joke doesn't work. Uh, something, something horseshoe theory soup Nazi. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> no, we're good. All we're right. Good. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna probably become an intern at canucks army by then or something yeah totally I uh, think so. yeah and this one uh premier kenneth chan uh, oh, God. will host his fourth grand olympiad at the hastings mill hastings mill uh will be an arena that he builds on top of the downtown east side <laughs> powered by people intense or something you're, you're gonna be I, you're 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 off of the hive now right you're out of the hive uh no, not no. necessarily. Never mind. I just haven't I just haven't <laughs> written for them in a long time. I Never didn't mind get any that. I didn't get any pushback for uh for making fun of Kenneth Chan. So um I just haven't written in a long time. But, right on. Okay. Um and I kinda that's fine. I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> Kraken just scored, love that. Oh, and yeah. it's Brandon Tanev too. Hey. Oh, you gotta love it. Hey. Um I like how the Canucks are sandwiched between the two Tanevs. Yeah, it's great. That's that's a special that's very special for them. Um, yeah, as far as um as far as that goes, Vias, I think uh given the way that the Oh, it wasn't, but whatever. Oh, well, it wasn't actually him. Did he no. did he it was a deflection? No, it was just off down to skate and it kind of looked like Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Kind of just the closest one to the goal. Oh, okay. Hey, um, his his brother scored like never. So it's fair, fair enough. That's, yeah. that's fine. So, uh, well, all I was going to say is given the way that uh, the Canucks season has gone and the the like last few Canucks seasons has gone uh, or have gone, I think it's like only fair to assume that pretty soon they're just going to have to have a guy on staff who knows about legal stuff because that's going to be like its whole its own vertical on Canucks Army is just like which legal problem they're dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you could just be like their in-house like CBA guy. Is it not Chris Gear right now? 
Is he is he not? Uh, yeah, Chris Gear is doing something for the Nation Network. Um yeah. but I mean, you know, he's right. got all that he's got all that money from his uh his family being the the people who invented uh goalie equipment. Before before <laughs> before that it was just called equipment. Get it everybody? <laughs> I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> I, as somebody who does that all the time, I appreciate that. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> it took me a second to realize to figure out where you were going with that because I thought you were going to say that he invented gears. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for you to say. <laughs> I was waiting you to say that. He's like, oh, yeah, he invented gears. I'm like, oh, right. uh, guys, just, uh, just, I'm just gonna say, just keep an eye on your screen for a second here. Um, yep, I just saw it because. Oh, uh, oh, oh, I love. What's this. the only thing better than a Tanev scoring? I mean, oh, you may not have, I, but I pred I predict. Oh, what already. a! Or actually, that was a nice shot, but it didn't really go in the way, uh, like a nice shot would. But anyways. I'm at I'm at 36 seconds. I, I, we're about to see the two one goal. I'm I'm pretty sure is what's yep. happening right here. Correct. Wow, wow, I'm very far back. Don't, don't let's not wait for me. No, I know. Um, I'm just, I God, I am. That one still hurts extremely. I think out Losing of all the out of all the players that the Canucks have oh, like, what a given nice up goal. in the uh, in the last uh, you know uh, since the yeah. But did you consider times. that he was a teenager and was annoying all the guys in their late twenties? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like this is obviously an immutable character flaw as opposed to him being a teenager. You know what's so stupid about that? Is that he shouldn't have even been on the team? No, yeah, exactly. he should have just fucking been, been in junior. None yeah. of that shit would have been a problem. Yeah, and then he sh and then he would have gone to the AHL like he did in Florida when he yeah. was twenty. He would have developed like a normal fucking player. Yeah, and then you know, I mean, I think he's, uh, I think he's very, very good. I'm so happy to see him in a Kraken uniform. I just like the way he plays. I think he's a what a yeah, that's a gorgeous cool. player. Yeah. Um. Uh. Was anyways. There, was, oh, was it the sorry. Cities? In case okay. you're listening, we're talking about Jared McCann. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, sorry. actually, said in case, his name. in case that wasn't obvious. Yeah. yeah we just watched the two one yeah. goal by Jared McCann, which yeah. was a beauty. He went in alone. Uh, the wrong kid died, etc., etc. Et oh man, yeah. You think about the fact that uh, like Troy Stetcher and Jared McCann aren't oh. on this team, but they but they re-upped on Jake Vertanen, oh. who is. I actually don't know where he is now. I don't think he has a contract anywhere. I should look into that. He'll get um, there. He'll, he'll get he'll, there probably. Uh, he'll, he'll get but anyways, um, that was a huge digression from your uh, report. Your oh, yeah, live well, in-game reporting from uh, two games ago. It was it was a fantastic game. One of the best games I've ever been to. Yeah. Just the fan atmosphere was fantastic. People doing Miller very specifically in the third. Mm -hmm. Well, at the same time, whenever Pedersen did a good play, or honestly, whenever Pedersen had the puck, people cheered. People were very happy when when Elias came off the, came off the bench. Like the fan knows who's doing well and who's dragging the team down versus who does not deserve any blame. Uh, and the other thing was, I know I know it ended up did getting talked about on the radio, but I I thought it wouldn't be brought up. But the sweet Caroline coming on, like. This oh, was yeah. right in the middle of some of the heaviest booze during the game. And then the poor sap who has to do the in arena commentary or whatever is like, all right, fans, 
you know what time it is? Oh, no. And everybody just, everybody's eyes start it's to so widen. It's so good because they and you cut it out, bump, right? Bump, bump. So it, so, so there's just, nothing playing. Was, so it would have just been like, sweet Caroline. Boo, boo, boo. <laughs> and it was louder booing than before. It wasn't like people uh, were just with the regular booing. That it was like, rocks so how much. dare you try to pump up the crowd right now after what we just watched? Like, how many oh, jerseys on the ice at the end of the game? Three and maybe a hoodie. Yeah. And then what I what I've heard is that there is a potential fourth one mm-hmm. in uh, that hit a field in Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, no, but I think there was actually a fourth one that somebody tried to throw, but it didn't make it that far. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I it, I heard as many as five from someone, but I'm thinking that's probably including the one that kind of didn't happen and and a hoodie. Yeah, 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 and a beer. And, yeah, a beer. And it was it was like I feel bad for the players, obviously. Um, but I heard there was a guy on. at the game in a uh, in a classic, you know, '94 style jersey, like a skate jersey, uh, uh-huh. that had a bag on his head. Yep. The whole game. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I to circle back to what you were saying about uh Vancouver having like some of the smartest fans. I think the the way to look at that is that chances are I'm not, you know, I'm not doing any demographic surveys or whatever, but like chances are I would say basically almost every team with a sufficient fan base, the stupid fans outweigh the smart fans anyways. Yeah. So like yeah. you can be like, oh, how can you say Vancouver fans are smart when like, you know, there's all these thousands of, you know, stupid shitheads that we've all uh, <laughs> gotten to know over the years on online and uh, elsewhere. But it's like, yeah, but they exist everywhere. Yes. And and the, the difference is that is that is like the size of the people that are there to counter that. And, yeah, I was um, going to say, I agree that Vancouver has probably one of the smarter fan bases, but this isn't really a compliment about Vancouver. No, it's just... I, I was, a, yeah. But the way that you said it was much nicer. Yes. I, I will I will say, too, that uh, if you think about it, like, I think a part of that is just that we... You think about who's on the radio here or who are, like, the big media personalities. And, you know, say whatever you want about them, but, like, in if this was happening in Toronto like just transplant the Canucks roster to Toronto picture that. Right. Mm -hmm. And this was happening there. There would be a guy on the radio whose whole thing is just that you have to trade Elias Pettersson because he's too soft. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and like the like Troy versus Jake Bertanen thing would have been so much worse if it was like with leaf sprain worms. Yeah, exactly. And and, like, you know, look look at how much like psychosis we have over Marner. And like it would be like that times a hundred if you actually had like a mm-hmm. rivalry between two of these players. Mm-hmm. Like I think it almost dumb... says something that we oh, don't yeah, have sorry. like Dave Pratt as one of our main radio people. I, I like I know some some of this is just like the way sure. that the radio media works, but like we don't have Bob McCown type and like Toronto mm-hmm. Sun type people dominating the airwaves. No, I don't exactly. agree. I don't agree with everybody who's in the airwaves. Don't get no, me wrong. No, me neither. But like a lot of them are pretty pretty smart. Uh relatively you know well you think about like you think about our versions of like the old cranky like uh back to basics hockey dude yeah it's like yeah it's like pratt who is still i i think like like he's a drama queen but like 
still like he was always like smarter than the fucking versions of that guy out east. Yes. And then yes. like Donnie and Dolly, who are hilarious, and they're they're awesome. they're like uh, what are the two old guys from the mutton uh, the muttons <laughs> Muppets. Yeah, you know? they're kind of like Stat- Statler. Statler and Waldorf. Waldorf. They're yeah, like yeah. Statler and, and Waldorf. If uh, one of them was uh, was you know what, what they're actually like? They're not like uh, Statler and Waldorf. They're like Bert and Ernie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, and then like the Moj or whatever. And like I've met the Moj, and like he's not like nearly as brutal as the that kind of guy in yeah. like Edmonton or whatever yeah. you know so yeah I, I would I would say that uh about the Canucks uh like the fan base being smarter on average mm-hmm. I think it makes sense when you look at it as if you've been a fan of this team beyond like 15 years mm-hmm. you either are going to lose your mind or you're gonna or you're gonna like see like see the signals through the noise and realize what's going on mm-hmm. and be smart yeah you know what you know what i mean like you're either going to become tedge or you're going to become <laughs> stefan hack basically yeah yeah, yeah 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 like you're gonna go crazy it's just like what direction of crazy you're gonna go yeah I mean, the smart crazy where yeah, you totally. still don't have any power over anything and you want to uh yeah there, there's a political analog here uh that i could make but um yeah um i have a political analog that i'm gonna save for later uh because Basically, I think we can we can go out in two directions here. Do we want to talk about uh, um, the other R word, or uh, do we want to talk about the trade? I got some thoughts on that. <laughs> uh, how about how about we start with the trade because it'll okay. yeah because well, we can big cover the trade pretty quick and it kind yeah. of it it kind of is part of the same conversation I guess. So, uh, like literally forty five minutes before we started, the Canucks announced that. Um, as they almost always do, they uh, had traded um, an asset for another asset and uh, and then kind of snuck the more important one just kind of into the fine print. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So they traded Michael DiPietro and Jonathan Myrenberg for Jack Studnika, who is a 23-year-old center with 38 games of NHL experience and 7 points and 10 penalty minutes and one goal. Um Yeah. So I, I don't Elliot, know I saw Elliot just yeah. to start out. I saw Elliot yeah. tweet saying uh there was a reference from Rick Dollywall that he just talked to Jim Rutherford about the trade. And he said, we acquired a good character two play two way player who we like. This is a good prospect. We are keeping it young players, 26 and under. And then Elliot said, time is a flat circle of filling in the age gap. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, right. that's, so that's far, why I love our bottom six. What have the, Canucks... I keep getting older. They, they keep staying keep... the same ages between <laughs> 23 and 26. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, what can you say about that? Same shit I uh, have been saying for what feels like almost no 10 years. Like, didn't lose uh, a pick. No, they didn't lose a pick, but you traded a 19 year old, uh, for a 23 year old who you're calling a prospect. A 23 year old is not a prospect. No, he's just not. Like, 
a 23 year old slash maybe younger than that just won the con smite yeah exactly yeah. yeah and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you can't pick up a 23 year old and give him a change of scenery and give him maybe a little bit more attention in the way of like coaches or skill coaching or whatever and and yeah. mine some un um unrealized potential like i can't remember how old sven berchi was when they traded for him about but the like same, i want to say but like you know yeah. i thought like sven berchi was an okay player I thought he got got a kind of a raw deal on his way out here. But, you know, so it, it isn't to say that, like, well, this is it. He's done because he hasn't, you know, played a full NHL season yet. It's not quite that. It's that, like, this has to be the season where it happens or he's just a depth player. Yeah. I, that's pretty much how it works. Like, Yeah, the path to being a top-line player is extremely, clo- is extremely close to being closed. And, I mean, this guy was from what I understand, was never tracking towards that anyways. If you don't play 75% of the games that you're available for, so not mm. counting injury, yeah. uh, when you are 23 years old, you are almost certainly a depth player. Yeah. There are mm-hmm. some, there yeah. are a few exceptions sometimes, but like, so, you know, I, I just look at this and you, like, you I don't have know. to be Alex Burrows to And the to thing is too, like, everyone's saying now that the prime age for an NHL player is what, 26, 27? So you have... Oh, tops, yeah. At, 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 again, as the oldest... So what best case scenario, you have six years until this guy is where he is now, where he's playing 20 games a year. So how good do you think he's going to be in the middle? Yeah, right? I absolutely. Like I, I don't really, um, I don't really see what they see here necessarily. Like, um, well, I think they just need a utility depth center, um, like a real Jason Dickinson type. <laughs> Yeah, who cause... is uh, what leading the <laughs> Chicago Blackhawks and scoring right now? You have I saw, to love it. I saw it. somebody say that it's because it, all, a lot of this has to do with the Curtis Lazar three to four week injury as well. Like what? Like well, ex, well that's the same thing as that so, what Elliot said. But I'm not that's, a that's the hole yeah. they're trying to fill. Look, I, I'm not a prospect guy, so I don't fucking know anything about Jonathan Myrenberg other than that I've heard smart people say nice things about him. Um, I've heard people call him. Uh, the team's best right-handed defense prospect. Um, I guess that's because you know Jack Rathbone is not a prospect anymore. He's just on the roster. See, that's see great. that's really funny because I've never heard of this player before. Um, I mean, look, he's a fifth. He was a fifth-round pick, but he's a 19-year-old uh, playing, you know, respectable minutes in uh, the sw- in the Swedish Tier Two league. But that whole tier thing is kind of confusing because it's a relegation system. So it's yeah. not like if you're playing in the Swedish B League, it's not like you're playing in the AHL of Sweden. You're just playing for the worst teams mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. like, uh, like, for example, Jonathan Lakaramaki, who they draft, who is their most recent uh, first overall pick is also playing in the all Svenskin, but that's just because his team got relegated. Like he was playing the SHL last season. So um, I don't know. I don't know if that's anything. I don't know if it really matters, but to me, it looks bad to be trading a right-handed defense prospect, like the thing you most need right now. Um, other than, I guess, like active right-hand defensemen um, that are playing in the league right now. Uh, for a guy who hasn't really done much at the NHL level, um, not much of a goal scorer really at any level, Um and uh yeah you know i'm looking at his numbers here like he has 
34 goals, 62 assists, 96 points in 117 AHL games, which is like, you know, obviously some of that was done when he was younger. So, you know, but if you look at his, uh, if you look at his numbers, like it's not like he really um, progressed that much um, over time. Like he, uh, in 2019, 20, he had 49 points in 60 games. And then in 21, 22, he had uh, 35 points in 41 games. So like, it's not like he took a big step and that's why his uh, he's not quite at like a point of game in the AHL. Um, it That's just kind of who he is. He's a guy who's not quite a point of game in the AHL. And to put that in perspective, Jack Rathbone last year was a point of game in the AHL and he's a defenseman. Um, you know, it's not like... Uh, it's not like points in the AHL are are the be all end all for predicting if a guy is going to be impactful at the next level, but like when I look at these, but it's a good of, sign if you can put up if you can score. Yes, and, I, and it's I, a bad I, sign if you can't. I look at I look at these numbers and I and I say anything like lower than this, or like maybe not low, like specifically lower than. 96 points in 117 games but like you know take his most recent season like 35 and 41 for a forward like anything less than like 30 and 41 and i'm just looking at a guy and being like that's a depth player that's not uh that's not a future like third line center or even necessarily everyday fourth line center so i don't know it just doesn't i don't i don't get it like this guy was uh a decent considered like a decent prospect five years ago, but he hasn't really done much with the, the time since he was drafted. And Mm. um, you traded a guy who used to be uh, your goalie of the future, really um, that is not anymore because of mismanagement. And uh, because uh, Ian Clark, you know, doesn't like him or or whatever the case he he doesn't want to play the way Clark wants him to or whatever and then uh, a defense prospect who looks pretty good and is right-handed and um you know you at least have a couple more years of before you maybe know necessarily what he is for sure my Uh, my theory here I don't know yeah my theory here is that if this trade happened on any other week it would not have been Myronberg. It would maybe not have been Di Pietro. It would have been a draft pick. And yeah. the the optics, <laughs> uh, perhaps for the first time ever, the Canucks being aware, like self-aware about what the optics would be of making such a move. Because, uh, well, they made that type of move a few weeks ago in the preseason for uh, getting rid of Dickinson. Uh, the optics of getting rid of a pick when you already don't have a lot of picks uh, when everybody's asking about a rebuild would have been not very good. And the other thing that I can't help but uh, but notice about this, that is uh, like just the recurring, I mentioned it earlier, but I'll, I'll go into more detail. Like the recurring thing with Canucks trades is just constantly <clears throat> like everyone, all the insiders, all the people reporting on it, like always doing the thing where they don't, 
they kind of tr- it seems like they're kind of trying to hide what the actual significant part of the deal is like um you know Jason Dickinson for Riley Stillman oh and by the way they also gave up a second round pick and it's kind of the same thing with this and obviously Miller who we talked about earlier is the most obvious example of that where it literally took 45 minutes for it to come out I mean I might be exaggerating slightly but I remember refreshing Twitter over and over again being like what's the conditional pick what's the pick and everybody and it was like enough time passed that there were so many people uh, like I remember like Harmon and like Drance and like really really respected people being like wow this is a tidy bit of business by the Canucks giving up um a conditional you know a couple of like a second or whatever or a third and a conditional pick and uh and a you know a goalie they weren't going to use for a useful player like JG Miller that's really amazing and then like having to 20 minutes later add another tweet to the thread that's like oh that's an unprotected first actually uh <laughs> and i don't know like i mean in this case it's like it probably doesn't fucking matter like it 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 probably they probably are going to get a player who's going to play like every third game for them over the next like couple of years before washing out for a guy who like isn't going to play in north america or like isn't going to play in the nhl and DiPietro, who who knows what's gonna fucking happen with him? Yeah. Probably another guy who's not anything. Um, but it just it's just one of those things that's like when you look at all of this, they lost a pretty decent right-handed defenseman and a second-round pick since the season started, so that they could get um a depth defenseman and a depth center. And it's like, why didn't you just keep Jason Dickinson? Yeah. And like, I would rather have Jason Dickinson a second and Jonathan Myrenberg than Riley Stillman and Jackson Zubica. And I'm sure they're going to say when, whenever that critique gets addressed to them, they're going to be like, well, our, our pockets were empty. We, we had nothing. We, we couldn't do anything. Like we were stuck in a, we were stuck in a spot there. It's the only thing we could do and try to get sympathy for that. But as usual, it's well. How did you get here in the first place? Yeah, you did not need to be here. Yeah, we're gonna say we've only day. been here for ten months. Yeah. Uh, ten months. Yeah, we could expect is... these injuries. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and unfortunately, like you just didn't have any <clears throat> tradable assets. It's not like you had, uh, like a ninety-nine point center who was on the who was heading into the last year of his contract or yeah. something like that. Yeah, or it's not like you had. You know, like a uh, uh, a right wing, a right winger player, uh, a right winger who like had a history of scoring a lot of goals that some team might be looking to buy low on, or uh, you know, uh, a center with huge amounts of pedigree for his character because he's captain the team, who is also heading into the last year of his contract. Like you, they doubled. They they didn't just double down on what they had. Like they they. They went all in. They ochoed down. Yes. They, eight, eight, they pushed all their chips in. They were like, yes, this team, that's what we're doing. And then now we're, we're less than 10 games into the season. And it's like, uh, well, yeah, we might have to rebuild. And it's like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, 
I, I, I actually like, and now we can, we can get into this whole can of worms or whatever, but like, I, I hear, you know, I've been listening to Canucks talk a lot. Cause like, I, I, uh, I like to have a show that's like a homework show so that I can just, I know that there's like one show that I can listen to and it'll kind of just tell me what's going on. And like, you know, with Drance, I kind of just consider Drance to be like, what's the like reasonable, but smart opinion that someone's going to have on, on the Canucks. Like, well, fake friend. I listened to the Canucks convo with the, I mean, okay, look, here's (laughs) the thing. Canucks convo is great. Canucks convo is great. But like, if I, you know, basically Canucks convo is great, but if I wanted to hear like, uh, uh, two, like a couple of people, you know, like joke around and try as hard as they can to not talk about hockey, I would just listen to my own show. <laughs> it's too much. Like, obviously no show is like this, but it's like too much like this. Um, Fair enough. Fair enough. I, 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 I understand. Which isn't to I'm say sorry. I do still listen to it sometimes, but it's yeah. different from, from why, like I, it, it's not homework it's not a whole yeah it's not homework it's not like okay. listening to drance where it's like he's gonna tell he's gonna say like you know uh he's gonna use <clears throat> words like 90th percentile or whatever you know um so but yeah, yeah. i've been listening so why to, are you listening to them yeah anyways i've been listening to 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 them a lot and like even they are have been talking about rebuilding in some like abstract way right like well, making more moves towards the future or whatever, even just like a, as like, um, you know, vague as that or whatever. And it's like, I, I'm sorry. It is too late to rebuild. It's too late. And you think so? And you want to talk about um, like political analogs or whatever. Like I've been listening. The other podcast I've been listening to a lot is um, I've been finally working up to finishing the Russian revolution season of revolutions. Great. My oh yeah. Podcast. Uh, because I, because it actually, <clears throat> I, what happened is I tried listening to it and I was enjoying it. And then he took a big break and then yeah. I, and then I was like, oh, okay, I'll get caught up. And then he took another big break. And so yeah. now it's done. So I've been listening through and like, Oh, cause see right when he was approaching the end, I was like, I have to catch up. Yeah, before the show ends. Sure, and sure. I missed it by like a month, but I was like so close. Did Mikhaev have to score two goals? Maybe. I don't Go know on. who scored that one. I missed it. I missed who scored. It, it was. I think it was. Oh, okay, cool. Well, good for him. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, what I was get what I was uh, leading to there is like there is a point in the story of the of the Russian revolution specifically as duncan tells it that is like you know the czar and his wife like being in a total bubble but specifically specifically the czar like being in a total bubble thinking that like everyone is with him and that everyone is like yeah we're like the the real russians they're they're the peasants and they're all with you, man. It's cool. Like they all love you. It's just a, it's just a few rabble rousers that are upset. And it's just the guys on Twitter who are mad. All the real fans. Yeah, exactly. And, and slowly him being like, Oh, um, well, you know, now that like, there's a, a horde of uh, 10,000 people literally outside my palace, ready to kill me. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe like, we could have a, you know, 
general assembly of like <laughs> lords, you know, that could make decisions. Like, it's just like, it's so far behind. It's like, yeah, that might've worked five years ago, but now everyone wants to kill you. And it is exactly the same shit. With Francesco okay, Aquilini. That was very good. <laughs> it I'm, is. I, I just say I enjoyed that. <laughs> describing the Canucks rebuild in terms of the Russian Revolution, <laughs> even though this wasn't what you meant it, is still the most Roxy Beaver shit that, imaginable. I, it, it is. And but you know what? Even though you we, did get her by accident. But I, I, okay, ahead. but so it's too late. Sure, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. The question is, what is there left other than to tear it down and replace it? Well, so and the only okay. way to do that in hockey terms is a rebuild. Yeah, so that's that's where I'm at too. Yeah. Okay. So if you like want to, to talk to, about to me the analog, I'm like not not saying your analog was not mm-hmm. good. That was actually fantastic. <laughs> sure. I really enjoyed that. But like the general assembly analog thing would be, uh, let's uh, fuck. I don't know. I don't. It's 2013. We just lost to San Jose. Let's trade. Schneider, which they did. Let's trade yeah. Kessler. Let's trade three other guys. Bought him out as quickly as possible and retool around the city. That is building the Duma. That is <laughs> yeah. your that is your liberal nobles thing. Yeah. Whereas the whereas the San Culot thing it, or the <laughs> proletarian revolution yeah. is to trade everyone, get your first overall pick, uh, yeah. Connor Bedard, hero of the people, and yeah. Because here's the thing. The the problem that they they that they have right now is that okay you want to rebuild right so okay like I'm gonna assume that when you say rebuild what you mean by that is that like you want to basically you know I think for what most people mean when they say rebuild is they want to try to like uh basically you know well everyone is um everyone is like on the table as a trade chip, except for Pedersen, Hughes and Demka. Right. I think that's what most people say, they say they want to rebuild. Yeah. Unless someone clarifies, that's what I would assume what someone means if they say a rebuild. There's yeah, a possibility. I, th- I think there's a small minority of people who go further than that. Yes. I would include myself in. Yeah. That is like, no trade everybody. Fuck yeah. it. Right. Yeah, then you get the, um, then you get like increasing levels of ultra where you include Demko, then Pedersen, then yeah. Hughes. Yeah. The, the Which, people who the people who want to trade all three of those guys are like the ultra leftists. Um, anyways. I was thinking that they're like the diggers or the levelers from the English Revolution season sure. of uh, yeah, revolution. That makes sense. Yeah, I love that we're here once again. So, uh, anyways, basically the problem with like both of these, uh both of these like. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, both of these approaches, right? Whether it's like the, those are my three guys that we're going to build around or no, fuck it, scorched earth, tear it all down. Nobody's off limits. Is, and to most people, that three option, that first option you said is that option. Is the option, right? So, earth, okay, let's go with, let's go with the, the, the not completely scorched earth option, right? So keep you have, three. you have, um, yeah, you keep the, you keep the three. Well, you're probably not trading JT Miller because nobody's taking on that contract. You're yeah. definitely not trading Oliver Ekman Larson because nobody's taking that contract. Yeah. And you have to re-sign Patterson for, I don't know, like realistically, like $10 million at least, probably. Yeah. Um, so that's like half your cap taken up by like five players. <laughs> How the fuck are you gonna rebuild around that? 
Like, what's what are you like? Who's left for you to trade? Like, you so you have these five guys that like oh Ed you Myers. Know, well, Myers, Myers only has a year or two left. He's right? only had got a year or two left, and he's pretty soon he's going to be movable. But you have you have Oliver Ekman Larson and JT Miller taking up over fifteen million dollars until uh, until I'm thirty five, at least. Like and you like and Miller with, are the same with, age with just OEL, yeah. And then yeah. and then Miller until I'm until I'm thirty seven, uh, because yeah, because we're the same age, and um, and like. So there's there's that, and then he, at least Hughes and Pedersen and Demko are all like going to be worth the money they're being paid or whatever. But like, you can't rebuild into a like cup winning roster with that kind of money on the books. I, at least I don't think so. Like I don't see how you do it. And then then you have to start looking at like, okay, well, what do we trade? Who do we trade? Um, and it's like. Horvat, well, but he's expiring, so no one's gonna pay that much for him. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens there, but then it's like, then what do you do? I, and and I know that like this is very this is very abstract and it's very like wishy washy and it's not based on like you know the hard stuff like the numbers and the fucking you know science or whatever. But like, I just really for whatever issues people might have with Bo Horvat and like, uh. Frankly, I would have traded him and JT Miller, but like, mm-hmm. I just yeah. really do not like the idea of jettisoning Bo Horvat, and now your biggest leadership voice in the room theoretically is JT Miller, and you're like first Hopefully up not. for the C, and like you're, and just more importantly, like your your high scoring forward who's old. And like has played in the NHL for a long time. Who's a veteran? Is JT Miller? You know, so like, who's your? Who are your leaders now through your rebuild? It's JT Miller and Oliver Ekman Larson, two guys who make way too much money, and one guy who is just like known for being an asshole. <laughs> I'm sorry, like you know, to varying degrees or whatever, everyone always says, oh no, they all like each other and they get along or whatever. But like, you know, I'm sorry. There's only one person on the roster right now, almost getting into a fight with Luke Shen, his own teammate during a game. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. only one guy. Sorry. It's not happening with Bo Horvat. It's not happening with Elias Patterson. There's, a, there's something's going on there. I'm not saying it's like you can't come back from it or whatever, but like, I just, I don't think it would be good to have him be the the sort of guy that your 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 shit is based around, um, in uh, like a rebuild context. I don't want. I don't think he should be the um, uh, cadre or JVR of your your rebuild. If you want to use like the Leafs as a as an example, you know, or your Landeskog or whatever. Like, um, and guess... uh, you know, that's 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 like a that's you know that's not a. That's pretty wishy-washy or whatever. Like, as you were saying, Vyasa. Oh, um, I'll I'll get to, I'll get to that point you just made in a mm-hmm. bit, but I think every all the things you said, which I I totally understand and agree with, when you mm-hmm. say like, "Hey, what what are you supposed to do if that's the three you want to keep?" And that's pretty much why I I mean I I did kind of like 
logic my way into finding evidence for why you want to blow it all up and therefore are an SR of uh, the Canucks. <laughs> yes, exactly. I never, I never, sorry, I finally come up, came up with what the correct comparison is for season nine <laughs> yes, of Revolution. Thank you. I never, yeah. uh, find, find the Mexican Revolution angle here and then I'll, I'll get you, I'll buy you. Oh, uh, Zapatista probably, but <laughs> well, sure. yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you a few minutes. But that's why I go like full, full, full scorched earth on this. That's why I am not being ironic when I say you should trade Demko to start with. Yeah, uh, a lot of that gets informed by the fact that every time that we've had a uh, fake rebuild, we kept having great goalies. Really good goal you can't yeah. have a good rebuild with a good goalie. It is like, so okay. funny that the Canucks have been like absolutely sunk by like truly questionable goaltending so much in the past so yes. yeah and now no, that's like, a great point inopportunely good goaltending is probably their biggest okay. yeah so, dan dan Cluche and ryan miller being the most mo- the two most inopportune goalies this of all time. gets to the yeah. other problem right which is okay well so the just just to finish off what i was saying before like who do you trade to kickstart the rebuild like you don't the only assets that had any, the only asset that really had the kind of value that was like, okay, we're, we're kickstarting like a little mini rebuild. You just signed out of, um, you, you gave oh, him you so much money him off the trade market as to, yeah, take him off the cr- trade market. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, there's Horvat. So, so setting that aside, that might be something, but then you have the, the whole like culture problems that I think are real. Um, and then, then who? Like, then you start getting into, oh, which of our players have value in a rebuild? And you start talking about guys that are like 20 years old. You start talking about Pod Colson and Hoaglander. And it's like, you're going to trade Pod Colson and Hoaglander to rebuild around JT Miller? Like, at that point, why not just, why not just try to go for it? Like, just trade what just fuck it and just be like okay if we if if we're gonna trade pud colson and hoaglander don't trade them for draft picks just try to trade them for a better version of that player that like oh, that's, has a few years left on their deal or something it. okay right like right. Yeah. Yeah, fuck it like like just just who cares just trade for jacob chicken like just do it <laughs> just just fucking try see what happens you're already fucked anyways like if you if you're looking at trading demco or Hoaglander or, or a Pod Colson or Be- I mean, Besser has no value right now, like as part of a quote unquote rebuild, then why even like you're going to trade those guys for like second round picks or like draft picks. Like, no, just fucking trade for trade. One of those guys for trade, both of those guys for like the best right-handed defenseman you can get or something. And just do that because like, what else are you supposed to do? Like, you don't have any old assets that have any value. So you can't trade them to rebuild your chance to do that was, I mean, it was actually like five years ago. Like you didn't do it with Tanev. You didn't do it with Edler. You didn't do it with, uh, you know, fucking Dan Hamhuis or Radom Verbata or Markstrom. Yeah. So like you really didn't do it before, but like you kind of had one last chance where you could sort of do it. You could have not done this with Toffoli. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm just gonna continue on what I said before then as okay. a response to that. That's that's why I'm fully convinced that the only real like I don't think the sure. fuck it option is gonna happen. I 
No, I, I don't either. I, I do agree that you can get more for Pickles and Noglander, etc., than you can for Miller. Of course, I think that's mm-hmm. true. I think that's more of a reach than my fuck it option, mm-hmm. which is you take the three players who you think are untouchable mm-hmm. and you try to trade them first. Yeah. Okay. I, so that and, takes well, us to. Okay, let, let me. Okay, but, sorry. Let, I'll, let, let, I'll let you finish. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, well, the goalie, Demko is the first one I thought of because I think mm-hmm. naturally, if you need a rebuild, you need to cut the root off the tree you mm-hmm. can't you can't keep the stability you can't keep the guy who can accidentally get you a win on mm-hmm. the team buffalo did this properly when they went for their uh eichler bust situation where they traded everybody yeah like comical like everybody knew is for a tank mm-hmm. and i was and that like people keep they told their players this. allegedly they told their players if you don't like playing here the better you play, the sooner you God get bless, off the scene. God bless that. You know, everybody yeah. everybody goes to the one New York example of like, this is the model tank. This is proof that it's a good idea. Yeah. Like, they go to the Rangers. No, you go to Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo is a true New York rebuild idea. I mean, and, and the part that of that I remember the most was that they got rid of every good goalie. I don't know if this is when they got rid of Miller. Yeah. And they purposefully like kept, I, I think when one of the goalies started like winning games, they like they just, they just cut him from the team or something. Like they, they immediately started playing the backup to that guy who's already a third string anyways. But they're all, they're also all, one of the one of only five teams to be worse than the Canucks over the last eight years. And yeah. like they yeah. had to trade Jack Eichel. Yeah, but we're not that to... far. Yeah, I know <laughs> well, we're not. Well, I know we're I know, not. I, but Eichel also happened like well after that. So okay, and well, I, fair I just, enough. I and it is with. awesome that they did that. And, and the Canucks have learned their lesson because they won't make the same mistake with Eichel because they already made that mistake with Hodgson. Pretty much. Well, yeah. Hopefully, um, uh, I just want I just wanted to keep okay. keep yeah. going uh, yes. briefly. Uh, yeah, they're the only three players I think you can meaningfully trade. And right now, I'm not very convinced on the on the like. Maybe I haven't thought about it as uh, as much as you have about the whole culture part of you don't want JT Miller being your Gabe mm-hmm. Landeskog. Mm-hmm. I think I I, th- I think when players walk into that room and get a vibe sense or get a sense of the vibe of who JT Miller is, or mm-hmm. let's let's okay, sorry, I'm saying. If he is the locker room cancer, you say he is. Yeah, okay. I, think, I don't think I think he's players a cancer, were, in fairness, or just like not a, not a great leader. Yeah, I think there's yeah. enough personnel around, and even younger guys who will be able to uh, shut out that noise. Like, yeah, it's it's not great to have him in the locker room or have somebody like that mm-hmm. as the as the oldest guy in the locker room, but mm-hmm. I think that's a problem you can fix easier than the problem you have now. That I think getting rid of some of your best players that I know okay. like. I know these guys are our fan favorites, like Pedersen and Hughes. Like yeah. everybody buying a jersey right now is pretty He's much either one getting of those, one yeah. of those three. So, however, well, the sorry, like okay. no, all right, yeah, the, the fans have not had that much time with these players, and this no. has been the darkest period for the team. Yeah, I think the fans will get over one of those, two of those, even three of those guys leaving. If they see what I think the if horizon you, is, I think if, if they, you trade if one, you have is. to trade all three. Yeah, hopefully. Like if you trade one, then you might as well just trade all three because they're not because they're all three. They are the three genders of players. Yeah, um, exactly. They're yeah. the three different of good if they, players. If you had like two forwards, yeah. like if you had Pedersen, Jack Hughes, and yeah. Demko, you could trade just one of them. Yeah, yeah. but these because are, you have these a are... forward, a defenseman. Like a center, a defenseman, and a goalie. So okay, there's two three players you need. There's two problems with with doing that, right? Okay, problem number one. 
Uh, and this is this is maybe kind of like uh, um, you could just you could scoff at this if you want, but I I do think it is true. You could tank on purpose and um and do a rebuild like properly, quote unquote, and not get as good of a as good of a like triumvirate of yeah. building blocks for a rebuild as Patterson Hughes and Demko. Yeah, Absolutely. no, I, I totally understand. It, I mean, it when does you do happen, a hypothetical of what you need to win it, a cup. It happens you need. all the time. You're, like you're it happens all the time. Like, like you don't usually like when you look at teams that have failed at rebuilding and this is how, how fucking unacceptable just the last eight years have been like all the teams where you're like, Oh, that team is going to be really good one day. Like, you know, the la the, uh, the early day rebuild uh, Edmonton Oilers and um, the, uh, the like Tavares era Islanders or um I don't know. There are other examples um, that are not really I Edmonton. Mean, I think is escaping like, me, but yeah, is an awesome example though. Is it's like but they okay, never well, had a great defenseman though. Yeah, yeah, not until now. They never had a great defenseman. They still don't really. Well, um, no, no, but like they never had a guy like he's, Hughes. He's okay. He's not as good as Quinn Hughes. Um, you know, like, but I, I, all I know of those teams saying, got sunk by that. not having one of those guys. You know, like. They got sunk by either not having a goalie or not having a defenseman, generally, right? Because forwards are usually the easiest ones to acquire through the draft. Um, because if you're drafting a yeah. forward like in the top five, they can slot uh, in quickly. Whereas, and they should be good, you yeah. know. Yeah, unless it's Jake Vertan and he was yeah. picked, you know, sixth, but whatever. Well, and, I was gonna um, say, um, Yakupov. But... Yakupov, yeah. Even yeah. that was like, you know, I I would argue that there were there were like contextual factors uh, that happened there as well. But, I think that's um, part of it. I also think he was just legitimately not as not good, good as his yeah. track pick. Yeah, totally. Uh, that's true too. That's definitely true. Um, um so that's yeah, so you're right. You could trade those three, not get and you could get like <laughs> you know, a Pedersen, a Yule Levy, and <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like you could you know, um, I mean, yeah, Edmonton's the perfect example because it's like they got the first overall pick four times. And until they got McDavid, their like prize, you know, their reward for getting the first overall pick um, three times was like a tweener second line center, a really, really, really good winger in Taylor Hall and a guy who busted out of the out of the NHL, like just did not work out. And and that that's the first overall pick. And the thing is, is that they didn't make any mistakes when it came to like drafting the first overall player in all of those cases, they took the guy who was consensus first overall, they fucked up other things like not getting any players in, in any other round or whatever. But like you look at other teams and stuff and it's like, it is hard to find a bona fide goalie, a bona fide defenseman and a bona fide center. And they fucked that up. They fucked it up because they wouldn't just let the natural cycle of, uh, bad teams in the NHL being rewarded for being bad by getting assets that will make them better later. They wouldn't just let that happen. They were like, no, we have to continually sabotage ourselves. Um, and on the subject of sabotaging yourself, the other huge issue here is that if you start a rebuild, a real rebuild, scorched earth, tear it all down. You're trading Pedersen, you're trading Hughes and you're trading Demko. 
Like you're really just fucking going for it. That's it. You still have $15 million on the books in JT Miller and OEL for six years. So basically so you pick Connor Bedard this year, you pick whoever as a defenseman, whoever is a goalie the next two years, mm-hmm. by the time you're forward, yeah. Bedard gets off of his ELC, you still have Miller and Hughes. By the time your goalie gets off their ELC or your defenseman, mm-hmm. one of them, they'll have one or two years left on OEL. By the yeah. time you that is so funny, and the Canucks are so hilarious. In, in three years, you could buy one of those out. I'm sorry, they do this all the time. It's so funny. Go ahead, goal, and then allow a goal five seconds later. That Carolina thing where they had the goal disallowed and then allowed a goal on the next shift. This team is so fucking funny. I'm sorry. I know I'm talking oh. about a game that everybody already knows the outcome <laughs> of, but it's too funny. Okay, I want to I, I want to continue with Elliot's so, point there. Okay, because I'm nodding at that at the time that it's going to take. You yeah. have to factor that into, and then the opportunity for a buyout. I'm not saying anybody's going to buy out any of those two contracts no. this year or the year after, but I think maybe third year, fourth year. Like OEL is terrible now. There's a yeah. good chance in two years OEL goes to Chris Pronger. But route. that money still, like I know it's less money, but it still stays on your cap, and it stay usually, and it if it's a buyout, it stays on your cap for longer than if you just wait it out. The IR, then, yeah. IR is also another thing. IR I, is the I, I, IR is the Roby Da Island is the is the one wild card. That yeah. and I think. But when's like, the CBA up? Uh, I don't yeah. know, but the caps cap is likely jumping next year. The right? cap's going up, but I'm not yeah. not I mean, not by the big wild card that I would be worried about if I was trying to make this decision would be: Is the NHL going to crack down on LTIR shenanigans for retiring players? Yeah. Which and like they our should. luck is that they'll do that yeah. the year that we do something that, exactly. So well, okay, yeah, let's say I'm I, 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 talking I, about the Canucks, so they will fix yeah, that. And, and Dream... just to clo- close on the yeah. OEL thing, there is yeah. that OEL is so bad this year. I think I saw Cam Tron yeah. say that yeah. he probably like if he didn't make that money, if he didn't have that name, he'd be on waivers. Like he yeah. he probably isn't an NHL defenseman right now. He's so bad that Robida Island is a genuine possibility for him in a year. Maybe yeah. even at the end yeah. of this year, if he just says "fuck it, I'm done," right? So I think like just just to give Elliot's point some more weight, you factor that in. Uh, that yeah, you're gonna have some millions on the cap. Uh, I I still think like looking at it six years down the road, if we if we could possibly get one of those top three picks this year, mm-hmm. and and keep going with that, hopefully the next year, then it's. We're we're gonna be near the ends of those contracts. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be to a point where but those contracts don't that's really the matter thing, so much. Though, is that if you want to actually be good, if you want to uh, to have an actual shot at a Stanley Cup, you basically have to do it with with an elite player on an ELC or on like a bridge deal, maybe <laughs> like and then that's a like, bridge deal if they broke out later. Yeah, and that's like fraught with issues too because. Bridge deals are short, right? So, and who knows you, what, like with the CBA, who knows where things are at in a few years? Yeah. So, yeah. if you draft, if you just luck out, like just dream scenario, and you draft Connor Bedard this year, which is the most, like the biggest dream scenario for a first uh, overall pick and a, and a destination team, like I think you could dream up basically, certainly for this franchise. You draft Connor Bedard. 
your reward for drafting Connor Bedard is that uh, when it is time for him to sign his massive UFA deal where he will be making like he will be paid as one of the most high paid forwards in the league. Um, JT Miller's contract will have just expired. So you'll be taking up all that room, which is great. Um, OEL's contract will expire one year before whoever you draft. If, if, if the player you draft this year is good enough to enter the NHL next year. So Connor Bedard, basically you'll get one year of Connor Bedard, Bedard, not, on a contract that's buying UFA years after OEL's contract expires. And I know there's like LTIR shenanigans and shit and any contract is tradable theoretically and blah, blah, blah. But like it, these deals are so onerous that they're eating into They're They're not just eating into like, Oh, they're eating into the best years of, uh, of, you know, they're eating into to Pedersen's prime and Hughes's prime and yada, yada, yada. Like, the deals are so bad and so onerous that they are will be eating into the next attempt at a good Canucks team. Yeah, I I yeah. totally understand that and I see that and I agree with that. I think the reason why there's why I keep pushing on the extra scorcher idea is that it what else is even possible that is rational that the Canucks could do short of short short of like getting getting a team of psychologists to remind this team how good they actually are and they should be. Yeah. You know, like, well, I can't, I cannot fathom another scenario that is even possible besides us actually trade. And it doesn't have to be, we trade all three of those. I I think that's an extreme within the real score shirt idea that I think Mm -hmm. we need to give some of these actual names. Like, uh, I, I don't think you have to trade all three of them, but I think one or two of them might be necessary. And I think a lot of people tend to like the first rail that people will talk. Like if somebody had asked this on the radio, I think the first thing somebody would talk about is like, but the fans love these players. Like, well, the, the, the fans have a short memory and that can change pretty quickly. Like, the fans like winning. The fans like, winning. Fans like winning. And part of the reason why the fans like these players so much is because they were the light at the end of the tunnel. Yep. So yep. if you want to trade one of them and have the fans stay on side, it's doable. It's totally doable. The answer is you trade them for a brighter light, even yeah. if it's at the end of a longer tunnel. Yeah, you trade you trade Elias Pettersson for what Elias Pettersson You package Elias Pettersson and your first round pick for the first overall to get Connor Bedard. Yeah. Totally, okay. If you could do that, if you could do that, I would agree If something that. like that and, happened, and, that's and we bring thing. And I, I brought that up as like, I know that's not the main reason. That's not, I have no idea what the lay of the land is that would allow you to do that. And it's, yeah. but like, as an example. I, no, I totally agree. And, and I, I brought that whole thing of like, what's the first response going to be from the radio? Uh, not to say that's the most important concern. I think all the, all the rationale you laid out about how these contracts are still going to kill the next uh, mm-hmm. crop of good players we get. I just, <clears throat> I literally cannot think of another rational route you can go like okay. those are problems that are that you that i think you just have to bake in if if that's if if we could go down that that path or if any as sorry i mean if somebody decided to go down that path which i hope they would i think like there's there's gonna be there, there's gonna be some sort of albatross you have to wear in your back no matter what because mm-hmm. that's how bad things are yeah i think yeah no matter what there's gonna be an albatross and i think that's the one that provides the most hope 
it with uh like an educated educated and informed uh avenue of hope i i will say i think unless basically the return is connor bedard like and i'm pretty much willing to say that's the only like return that that would justify it like I actually do think like if this team traded Pedersen or Hughes, maybe not Demko, but Pedersen or Hughes before they, before they traded, like uh, before they just gutted everything else, like, like if they didn't start by trading like Tanner Pearson and uh, you know, Tyler Myers and like whatever they could fucking unload from their shitty contracts. Like if they just tomorrow were like, And I mean, I know that this is a little unrealistic or whatever, but if they just got up tomorrow and they were like, yeah, we're rebuilding, we traded Pedersen, I think fans would abandon the team in droves. Like, genuinely. I think they would just be like, fuck this shit. Like, you... You made us watch all this shit hockey and Pedersen is the light at the end of the tunnel and you just tore that down so we can have JT Miller lead us to a sixth in the division finish. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Why what, am I the, watching this? Depends on what the return is, guys. Well, what's the? What I, th- would I the think we. Be? I think we just talked. I think we just talked about. Okay. Yeah. Right. I said, I said Bedard, unless sure. it's Connor Bedard. Like, what's well, the what? So that what they get a first round pick and two prospects or like? I, I, I like don't. What are you? I, what are you I, trading him for? Like, you're gonna package him and Hughes and get Kale McCarr? Like. No, like, I just, I just, I'm, no, I mean, like, realistically, like, what, like, what are you going to get for him? If you trade him, it's going to be for, like, yeah, even if they traded him for, like, three first round picks or four first round picks, like, I don't, I think people would be just be like, okay, what the fuck? Like, I don't, I don't think, and I don't think it's necessary that it goes down the path of, tomorrow they wake up like i no, it, i know it's just I hypothetical know. Yeah. i think they're gonna start doing they if if this were to happen they would start doing a bunch of other trades and sure. i i think pr wise they would start laying down uh the tracks for for the fans to see what's sure. happening before they ever did that it may be clunky it may not be as as beautiful as the, i mean not that the rangers did it beautifully they just they just yeah. did it, which was a surprise for everybody, and that's why everybody still brings that up. Yeah, that they were explicit about it. Well, they also uh, kept most of their good players on the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, that that one's funny because like you'd think that they'd still be in the rebuild, but they got really lucky with a few things. And well, yeah, they were they were smart enough to be. They did the thing that Canucks fans want wanted the Canucks to do that is now too late to do. Yeah. They were like, oh, uh, Zabanajad and Kreider and. Panarin I guess or I don't even know when they got Panarin but like whatever like they were like we have a few good players that'll still be good if we like rebuild and turn the thing around in like three or four years and we're just going to keep them and they actually did that with Mm -hmm. Zibanejad and Kreider anyways I can't remember there's like another guy for sure or like two guys or whatever Mm -hmm. but um, you know I, I I think if the fans saw what the trade meant I don't think they'd lose I think we'd hear conversation about fans being pissed but I think we'd have all the same arguments about what we usually do. Like I'd say before this year about the need for a rebuild, mm-hmm. there'd be a lot of fans who wouldn't be on board, but uh, they're, if they see the vision, then they're going to buy in eventually. It would they're gonna definitely <sighs> depend on. Like, Unfortunately, Jackson's yeah. convinced me that, okay, so you lay the groundwork by trading other players, but okay. So you can probably get some pretty good value for Myers next trade deadline. Sure. Cause he's a right-handed 
right-handed mm-hmm. defenseman, big trade yeah. deadline, yeah. expiring con- contracts. Yeah. And he's big, so fine. He has some value in that situation. Uh, you trade Pearson for a sixth. You trade Garland for something. Yeah, sure. Like, none of these moves to me are like, oh, like, we're building this great future. It's we're recouping some value, and now we're going to tear out the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So you can just wander in the dark. Uh, because the dark, the thing is, the dark seems better than the last eight they, years. They don't have any other assets that are worth anything, and that's kind well, of exactly. where the problem like, comes in, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. it's it, I, which is why I keep going back to the three and the at least and of, of course the, the so maybe like, I do understand what J- what Rutherford and Alvin are doing, which is sure Pedersen isn't Crosby mm-hmm. and Horvat is not Malkin. And Demko might be flurry, but yeah, sure. and Hughes yeah. might be a tang. Yeah, so <laughs> fuck it. Let's just let's just try. Let's see. Let's what just we do can it do because here. yeah, because the risk of like going the SR plan and trading those three is <laughs> you just everyone's just like yeah no, who's trading for these guys and giving you the value that you want, and how are you selling this to the fans? I think honestly, the the you talking about like what's left to do that's rational, um, and and the answer is, uh, basically like try to give JT Miller away for free. Yeah, that's the answer. The answer is like try to give JT Miller away for free. Like just just try to, and I and I don't mean him specifically. I just mean like all your like all your bad money, all your all your money that's gonna be bad in the future. Um, or that's already bad. Uh, in Miller's case, it's like if you can get if if some team is like, we'll give you a shitty player whose deal expires in two years and then a sixth round pick for JT Miller. Do it, fine, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Better yeah, to have the cap space and yada yada yada. And I kind of doing the OEL trade again, but as Arizona <laughs> is yeah. absolutely something that the Canucks should be trying to do. <laughs> exactly, and and trying to um, trying to get off. Uh, try the the real thing is the real answer is they have to try to get off of those contracts somehow, and I don't know how you do it, and I don't know if you can do it, but uh, it's really like the only it's really the only thing they can do because like, well, San the... Francisco is at the NHL's version of a uh, little St. James Island. He just mm-hmm. needs to get some offo to make someone else hire Jim Benning. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and yeah, I don't know how you really do it, but I, I, I imagine that JT Miller is going to be tradable at some point in the next few years still, even if it's for nothing, right? It's like, okay, well you missed the chance to trade him for a good package, but you can at least get off, get, get the cap space. And, uh, with, with, um, with OEL, it's either, you know, Roby Island or pay the, uh, pay the assets you you have to to get off of him, um, and be and be bad like they're gonna be kind of bad, but just be kind of bad for a couple years. Wait until like recoup the draft picks that you can for Garland and Pearson and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Don't like use those picks to uh, ideally like use those picks to buy players. Use those picks to buy Victor Arvidsson or whatever and use the money you have in free agency on uh, the guys that, you know, are are smart free agent targets, which are like 
wingers, basically. <laughs> you know, like the 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 thing Nipple you want to do six wingers with the thing a, you want to do potential is you, upside is you want to yeah just keep do the Carolina Hurricanes thing and just keep finding replaceable like wingers who can score and just churn that out and then you, you know use uh use the well, use the is, draft that picks is part to of the Pittsburgh model try to get better players and either through the draft or or by buying them because that's a thing that you can usually do like um at some point soon some team is not going to be able to re-sign their third best defenseman and that's when you can pounce and be like yeah you know and use your second round pick for that you know trade yeah. a second round pick for a 26 year old number uh three defenseman or yeah. whatever you know yeah, not what they're supposed to do that that from a desperate team like yeah. and so i mean i don't know i don't know if any of this shit is possible is kind of my point like i look at all three of the options we laid out and they all seem like and the fourth like nuclear option of just like no buy just start just buy just the nuclear fucking, option is the funniest option. it's the funniest one and it's it's actually it actually dovetails beautifully into um the last thing that we wanted to talk about well, which sorry is, i was yeah. gonna say one thing about that option is that sure. it kind of makes a lot of sense if you are really smart about it and mm-hmm. no one has this much runway in the nhl which is the only problem yeah but if you don't jeopardize anything past that last oel year yeah you could just go for it <laughs> which is a such a funny thing to be saying and then you just when like, they are... <laughs> okay you don't commit any money past the oel contract yeah and so your obviously options are limited and you try not to you don't touch your first round picks but you do everything you can within that to you know squeak into the playoffs but you like the red line is you do not touch that last jt miller year yeah and then you just start from a blank slate and you yeah. just take the l you realize that you're 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 screwed until then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give give Alvin and Rutherford a six year deal. Yeah, but they yeah. have to they have to leave after that. Like, but it's kind of no resigning. It's funny that option. we say this because like what because it's like oh yeah that would be so stupid or like oh that would be so funny and of course like it would be funny because we're talking about a team that might be about to lose its eighth game in the road to start the season, but like there was a point that I that I that I hit with Jim Betting personally where I was just tired of the half measures. I was like, just buy it. Just buy. I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. just do it. Just fucking find your, your agenda. Don't like, don't try to hide behind it. Like or the problem that they their fucking problem wasn't that like they uh, they, you know, that they bought or that they didn't like. Uh, I mean, after a certain point, like, yes, initially they should have torn down and rebuilt. But like once they kind of had some good players and they were trying to do um, trying to like come back up or whatever, like hit the come up. Like uh, their problem was that like they traded their first round pick to buy Connor Garland and OEL, you know, like if they had traded their first round pick to, to buy, like, I don't know, like Dougie Hamilton or fucking somebody, then it would be a different story. Like, you know, pick whatever good defenseman you can think of. I'm bad at it because I don't have a fucking list of players in front of me right now. But like, it's not so much yeah. that like, it, like everybody just kind of thinks like, oh, if you're a bad team, it's like a bad idea to buy players. It's a bad idea to trade futures for players that are going to help you right now. And it's like, well, no, not if the players are good enough. Like, 
And so I don't know. I, if I you think were committed the to being, would be funny. It would be if very. If you were funny. committed to you know getting third in the division, getting a wild card spot, mm-hmm. and just did it as well as you could, you mm-hmm. absolutely could pull. <sighs> You're going to be so mad about this. You mm-hmm. absolutely could pull St. Louis. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But they've not been doing it well. And I think the thing that's been really obvious in retrospect is if you're not going to be extremely good at doing that, you should just rebuild normally. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But teams can do it and have done it lots of times. Okay. Like there, if you look at some of the best teams in the NHL right now, it's like, how did they get good? And it's like, well, they basically got good by making a bunch of really smart trades. And I think that's like what these guys think they're going to do. Yeah. But the problem and we and uh this is like um I, I don't have time to expand on this nearly as much as I would have liked to, but like the problem with that, I think, is that uh you're you hired two guys who first of all had like the two best forwards in the world on their team in their prime. And it's <laughs> and it's a lot fucking easier to uh build around that than it is around any other group of players. And two, and I do think this is a big thing. Um, people who play, whose teams play out, out on the East Coast and who deal with the East Coast hockey uh, ecosystem just don't really understand what a completely different ball game it is out here with travel, for one thing. And then two, with the fact that you fucking pay a tax on every player that you might try to trade. Uh, because half the league or at least like a quarter of the league never stays up to watch your games. And so like people it's, it's happened here for like a decade. It's like, Oh, well, why, why can't we get any value for our players? And it's like, because your players don't play the Leafs seven times a year. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, if Brock Besser played uh, in the Eastern time zone and played the Leafs seven times a year and everybody was always fucking talking about him, then he might actually be worth something. But out here, he's he's he ain't worth shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the nuclear here's, option, yeah, sorry. I was going to say here's what I think. I think yeah. I'm actually really excited about this conversation, especially that we, mm-hmm. we all actually, <laughs> one of the problems with this show is that we tend to agree. On everything. Yeah, I know it's true. I, really I think like... now we actually all have very different opinions because I... I am now fully on board with just going for it, <laughs> and you want to tear it down. I do. Yeah, I want to return to that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think this is going to be a great thing to talk about on the next episode because I I see no reason why the R word will not be uttered in the next episode or why, why it can't be uttered in the next episode. Sure. I, I think uh, I think this is what people like to listen to, and so mm. I propose that. We go into our last little bit here, uh, mm. the, sto- the little story that we have here, mm. um, and we save the rebuild talk for oh, it will an come up again yeah. next week, and oh, we'll, sure. we'll we'll record next week, and we'll revisit this when the Canucks have lost the first eleven games of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll be it'll be a lot funnier, and also I'll be able to come up with some scenarios about how my also ridiculous, but I think I genuinely think the smartest way out of this mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll get some more backup for that. Sure. Um, so yeah, I propose we we just go to our last little little segment here. Well, and I think it does what we were talking about does dovetail nicely, yeah. honestly, into it because the Take nuclear option of just being like, well, fuck it, this is these are the players we have, and we're just gonna we're just gonna try to go for it while we still have them, 
um, is was very much uh, like it, it was one of two routes not taken when Jim Benning took over the job, because I don't know if you guys remember a little thing called the PA plan. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, real heads good. know uh, Pravi's readers uh, that the PA plan was some crank on Twitter that uh, Jason Botchford, for some reason, gave so uh, incredible amounts of attention to. Uh, over his years writing the Pravies. And uh, it was P.A. Islander with two R's, I believe. Um, and he had this whole thing about basically, rather than rebuilding, rather than retooling on the fly, just like buying players and going for it while the Sidians are still, um, you know, good or ish. Uh, and uh, one of the highlight, like, landmark things that of the PA plan was trading for Phil Kessel. Um, I think specifically <laughs> trading Bo Horvat for Phil. Yes, yes. I remember his trading away Horvat. And so. honestly, like, okay, if you look at the way that the last eight, eight, eight ish years have gone, would we have been any worse off if we had just done that? Phil Kessel's a right handed shot, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. I mean, and he's still pretty good, and he's now has the Iron Man streak. Would have been a fan favorite. Would have been a fan favorite, no question. Um, and I mean, I think he would have played really well with the Sidians. Fast, shoot first, oh. right-handed oh, shot. I believe. I apologize if I'm incorrect about that. The Calgary um, series would have gone better. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, you know, like. That's one of the things that I always hold against Jim Benning is that like they they failed at their stated goal, which was to extend the Sidians window, right? And that's the first thing that they failed at. And if they had just like held on until they retired, being a team that like you know just squeaks into the playoffs, but but the Sidians got three or however many more years of being in the playoffs and not ending their, their like careers with, um, you know, three yeah, or four straight. Yeah. Depressing seasons years. With nothing. It was, um, obviously I wouldn't have the benefit of knowing what things are like now, but I can definitely say now with the benefit of hindsight, that would have been way better than all of this bullshit. <clears throat> I agree. Like that would have been so much better, so much more enjoyable. And then, like when they retired, it would have just been obvious. Like, okay, well now we rebuild, and we would have gotten the good, good, like actual real re- rebuild. And I don't know what the timeline of that looks like, but you know, maybe we would still have a chance at Connor Bedard. Who knows? You know what? Next episode, uh, I know this is not the reason you brought up Phil no. Kessel, but next yeah. episode I will try to have something mapped out about what that timeline looks like. Sure, sounds good. So anyway, we also will like take the spice, go into the trance and then tell us what those <laughs> timelines would have been like. So what we're actually getting at here is that uh, I'm looking at the playoff brackets and being like, what would have happened if like a good going for 2016 Canucks? What happens if they play one of the Cali teams? Yeah, totally. In 2016 with uh, Phil Kessel. And it's like, that would be at least fun. That would be a fun counterfactual. Anyways. My wife is home, so we gotta we gotta wrap things up here quickly. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's almost the third period. It's almost the third period. That was our promise to ourselves. Um, yeah, exactly. Phil Kessel now has. Does he have the 
the Iron Man streak, or is it just the longest active Iron Man streak? I think uh, if he played today or something. Yeah. Uh, and he was well with potential Iron Man streak. You are all of a sudden like way off my. Sorry, I, I know what's going on. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm like holding my my mic. Okay. Uh, no worries. Yeah, nine ninety. Uh, as of the twenty fifth. That's what mm-hmm. NHL says, and Keith Land, Keith, Keith Yandel, Keith Yandel, uh, at nine eighty nine. Wow. Uh, and behind that, I mean, it, it's still like 20, 20 games behind that is the next person. Andrew Cogliano is eight thirty. Brent Burns surprisingly <laughs> is uh, wow tenth on this list, but third active uh, with six eighty five. But he's got he's got a ways to go, and I think he plays too much of a hard game to. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Me that long. Hen- yeah. Henrik is uh, is six games behind Brent Burns. Yeah, I know he had a really long one. Yeah, very impressive. Good. Uh, Soft Sedins, you know. You know, right. I, I I love Phil Kessel. He, he, one of my favorite non Canucks. Um, Sorry, and, Brent uh, Burns is a se- is second active. Cogliano is not. Active. Oh, okay. He had it's not active anymore. Okay, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, also love that he's landed with the. Uh, with the Golden Knights, uh, his he doesn't have many, like he's not putting up numbers yet, really. But uh, that seems like I a did good not spot know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know yeah. I had to look it up, uh, but I knew he ended up on a good team, which is cool. Oh, uh, I hope beautiful. he uh, is. Ju- I hope he just like rides it out until he's like forty, just being like wheeled out onto the power play, um, and like playing like two minutes at even strength. Um, that would be really cool. Uh just a funny, really funny dude. I was really, really happy when he won those two Stanley Cups in Pittsburgh. Um, just proving all the doubters wrong. Uh, you know, eating hot dogs out of the Stanley Cup in front of, um, what you know, Air Canada Center or whatever in Toronto. Um, which, like, obviously he didn't actually do, but he did go back to Toronto, which is hilarious. Uh, Steve Simmons stays losing, uh, apparently. Uh, just constantly being uh clowned on by players uh being smarter and better than he is i guess but um i just really very quickly wanted to ask if uh either of you guys has like a favorite phil castle story um obviously steve simmons hot dog gate Mm -hmm, hilarious yeah um my favorite was the early hockey twitter meme of what does this man do for a living Man, it's funny you say that because I have the collection of all the best answers to that question. Um, I uh, I'll I'll do mine before yeah. you provide that. Unless Elliot has has some. No, that was my answer. I was hoping Jackson had done homework for something else, but, but nope, that's what I did homework for. Absolutely, you... that was my favorite thing about Phil Kessel was what the interview where do? someone yeah. just grabbed a screen cap and was texted their friend who doesn't watch hockey. They're like, "What does this man do for a living?" It's so it's so good. We'll we'll follow up on it in a second, but BS. Yeah. So you, you uh, couple one is just literally just a photo, and it's the one of him sitting in that huge like tank where <laughs> yes. it looks like he's in an iron lung or something. And it's just yes. his head popping out, and it's yeah. it's like I don't know a steam bath or some some crazy shit, some like Mike Gillis level uh, concoction there, but in Pittsburgh. Although Mike Gillis almost Pittsburgh. Anyways, that photo is hilarious. Uh, I I'll try to retweet it from the account. Uh, the other story I think is the one about I just heard on the broadcast uh, today on my drive home where they're talking about he was at some like bio steel camp or something. Okay, yeah. And sure. somebody I think somebody just like called him out for 
uh, for like doing nothing and just reading magazines the whole time. Oh yeah, this is great. <laughs> and then as far like I'm paraphrasing this, mm-hmm. and he heard that and he was like, "Fuck you!" And then ran sir, and then puts the skates on, runs circles around everybody, and like. It, it just puts on a clinic and then goes back to, reading, to, uh, magazines. to reading magazines. The other one on uh, the same vein was like him just going on the leg, like going to the leg press machine, maxing it out. And that's just the one. Going back to reading. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. That's yeah. that's yeah, what it that's, was. Okay. That's yeah, what yeah. he did. Yeah. And then uh, it just What's got mentioned. <laughs> it got mentioned on that show also that uh, he hates the taste of water, so he doesn't drink water. Yes. Which I finally, don't, finally, I don't someone... agree with. Ah. Uh. Wait, what? One sec. Well, I okay, I, I know. but think about where he lives. He lives in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. He used to live in Arizona. He used to live in Toronto. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Have you drank water in any of these cities? Have no. you drank water in a city that is not? But I've drank southwest. water in a city that's not Vancouver. Yeah. He might have a point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. If you only was, knew that's what that, I was going to say. Yeah. If you only knew that, I understand. But I think if you are from, if you've grown up in BC, that's where you drink your tap water. We have if great you don't like, water. If, if you don't like the taste of water, you're, you're drinking the wrong water. You're drinking the wrong water, okay. man. I do just have to say though, the idea that Phil Kessel like looks like what he looks like, <laughs> routinely yeah. won the fastest skater at the All Star Game, yeah. and just drinks nothing but Diet Coke is like the funniest Very thing funny. in the world to me. Extremely um, funny. Other greatest hits include getting traded for Tyler Sagan at the All Star Game draft, and then possibly. In the not, I guess that not in the a, same year, but in a different year, uh, winning a car because he got picked last in the All Star draft. You guys remember that? Uh, I definitely remember yes. the trade. I forgot that he won the won the sympathy car. Yeah, he won the sympathy car for being uh, picked last in the in the draft at the All Star game, which I thought was funny. Um, but yeah, so as uh, Elliot mentioned earlier. Uh, there was an article on uh, Winging It in Motown, I believe, like probably like 10 years ago, that was um, the guy who did the article had like a recurring thing that he would do where he would text people who don't know anything about hockey a particular picture of Phil Kessel, which I posted in the chat, um, which there are so many funny pictures of Phil Kessel. like, And uh, this was like before he even like grew a beard and he was still like young. Um, and he, and, uh, he would text people this picture and he would say, uh, what does this man do for a living? And then he did an article where he posted all the results and, uh, it's actually kind of a mean article. And there's like some stuff that's like very from 10 years ago that would like not fly now, like just including how many people said he looked like a serial killer or worse, um, that would like just, that just comes across as very mean spirited. So I'm not going to read the article. I'm just going to read the best answers. Um, and some of them are amazing. So, uh, we have professional dog walker, adjunct professor of medieval history. I like that one. That's a really good one. Uh, turtle enthusiast, <laughs> which I don't know how that's a job he's made for but... the internet. No, but imagine uh, if he's being interviewed on the news, what the Chiron's going to say. Yes, absolutely. Picture, picture, uh, just like the dopiest picture of Phil Kessel you can imagine him giving an interview and there's a chiron underneath that says you know philip kessel and then that one of these uh something to do with video game programming uh euthanizes pets which i thought was very funny. <laughs> he, he said this these were answers that he got from random people yeah oh oh, for, oh yeah, yeah, yeah yeah uh bad stand-up comedian 
Apparently, this answer was very popular and almost always included the qualifier that he was bad at stand-up. <laughs> um, former child actor, auto mechanic, he and my personal favorite and most puzzling, uh, and last but not least, uh, Ebola czar. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is basically like, you know, just the guy who like tracks Ebola. Was this 2013? Something. Yeah, like it that. must have been. Okay. Or 2014. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Why was the US so obsessed with having czars for a while? I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like it was a uniquely Obama thing. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't under the guise of saying that Obama was socialist or anything. No, no. It was just. Even it though... like started under Bush, but then like Obama ran with it. Even though it, it would. It would it it would be the stupid liberal thing where they equate czars with communism for some reason, yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. It makes that perfect tracks. sense. Yeah. No, the only czar, the only person that the the, the czar applies to in hockey is, of course, Francesco Aquilini. Mm-hmm. Uh, sell the team, bitch. Sell it's your bitch. fault. You're the reason it's like this. Go to prison. It's your own fucking hubris and stupidity and thinking that uh, you're fucking smart enough to have an input into a, a hockey team. And the thing is, is that when I say that you're not smart enough to have an input into a hockey team, have you listened to this podcast? The people who are smart enough to have an input into a hockey team are all really fucking stupid, most of them. Like 90% of them. And you're too stupid to even be one of them. Like I said, man, my my uh, my 2018 Festivus airing of grievances from Canucks Army mm-hmm. is extremely prescient all the time. I'm yep. very smart. Billionaires are already policy failures. These ones are hockey failures too. Two. On that note, uh, I got a new job. Don't follow me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> follow the show on Twitter at Roxy Fever <laughs> and subscribe to the Patreon at patreon.com slash Roxy Fever. We will uh, be recording an episode for this month's Patreon in uh, in a few days. It's going to be a good one. It's going good to have guest. a guest. Uh, you're can, going to be uh, happy. Well, let's just say the guest. So people... Oh, yeah. It's Yerky. It's Yerky. We're yeah. going to talk about the 2003 Canucks versus Wild series. It was my first playoff series. It's going to be a good one. It's yeah. going to be a sad one. It's yeah. uh, it's It feels like sort of the day that all this sadness began for me. It's kind the day of that all my sadness began. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Well, right uh, on. Send your hate mail to Francesco Aquilini, as always, directly as always. to his house. Light a go- bag of dog <laughs> shit on fire and leave it at on Francesco Aquilini. If porch. you want to, if that's something you want to do, we did not direct you to do that. In a video game. In a video game. I'm sure you can probably do that in Sim City. <laughs> nice. Wink. Wink. Nice. Wink. All right. Good night, everybody. Thanks. Good night. That was a fun one. That was a fun one.